Turn your empties into sport opportunities. You can give a local child the gift of sport just by donating your empties to the Kids Sport Recycling Program. All you have to do is text or call 403-680-8776 to schedule your first pickup, and we will pick up your empties right from your curb. Get started today and help get local children back to sport. Text or call 403-680-8776 now. We at Sport Calgary like to stay active, in person and online. Be sure to follow us at Sport Calgary on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. All right, welcome back to the Face First podcast. My name is Alicia Risling. My name is Grace Dafo. And we have a new kids sport ambassador with us today, uh, Jess Newfeld. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So Jess was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba and began speed skating when he was five years old. You made the move to Calgary after high school in 2011 to pursue speed skating while attending the University of Calgary. What initially began as a two-year plan to see if he could make the World Ju- Junior Worlds team, Jess is now going on 10 years in Calgary and now a member of the national team and aiming for the Beijing Olympics this upcoming February. Sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to digging into this with you. So um, how did you start speed skating? Yeah, so I honestly don't remember it too much myself, but basically uh, my parents wanted me to play a sport. They weren't super keen on hockey, and so they signed me up for skating. Um, pretty much my first day on ice, I couldn't stand up. I had my dad come on the ice with me and just holding me with uh, one of those metal bars. And funny enough, um, my coach at the time, well, coach, uh, you know, helping me get going was was Crispin Parkinson, who's actually a current oval coach at the oval here. So he was the very first person to put me on ice. He wasn't so sure that I would ever be able to skate well. And then I ended up having him as a coach for a few years when I moved to Calgary. So it's kind of funny how that worked out. Yeah, full circle. Do you, so you yeah. had him for a coach at, for two years when you were like a child, and then and then he became yeah. your coach when you were like a full blown athlete. Exactly. Oh, crazy! Yeah, it was pretty cool. Wow. Okay, so you stuck with it the whole way through. Did you play any other sports? Yeah. So I speed skating was honestly pretty casual for majority of my childhood. Um, I'd say when I was thirteen, fourteen, I started taking it a bit more seriously. Um, training with the provincial team but the whole time I was doing soccer um, I actually got into a lot of competitive cycling in in high school I did mountain bike and road Um, but I also did a lot of other things too I was playing piano I did a bit of a guitar I actually did some theater for a bit too when I was younger so it took me a while to figure out what I was going to do and kind of in high school I I sort of narrowed it down to cycling and speed skating they went really well together and I almost actually made the move to cycling, and then I ended up going with skating and came to the oval here. Well, you have a teammate, I do think, and that's in the long trap program. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is also going to Tokyo for cycling. So- exactly. Yeah, Vince. Yeah, he's uh, yeah he's doing track cycling. So oh, okay, I never yeah. really raced with him on the bike. I didn't do track as much. I was mostly doing road. But yeah, we we share stories all the time about cycling. And Clara Hughes did that as well. Did she not? Right. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a thing. You just got to have the quads. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely go well together. We we, I think we spend more time on the bike honestly than we skate even today. <laughs> really? 
That's well, crazy. Well, I mean, the future is still young for you. You could you could set your sights on 2024 yeah, well, after. Well, good. Um, so when you moved to Calgary, was it primarily to be for school or did you kind of coincide it because there was the oval here and the national team's based out of here? Yeah. Well, yeah, I basically wanted to come out here for skating, but kind of the deal was with my parents, if I was going to come out, I had to go to school as well. Okay. Um, which I was fine with. I, I, you know, I planned on, on going to school as well. So I just started taking sciences. I wasn't exactly sure which route I wanted to do and um, ended up sticking into the biology degree program and finished that up. And, uh, and yeah, so kind of worked out well that way. And the oval being on campus is, is, is amazing. So yeah. super convenient. Yeah. I think we're really lucky to have it, you know, in Calgary, but another layer at a major university in, in Calgary, it makes it, it seems like a lot of the team has attended or is currently attending or will in the future attend UFC. It really seems it's been a, it's a great asset to our community. And I would say as an athlete, it allows you to have a little bit of balance as well. And, and, you know, not put school on hold just because you want to pursue your sport. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it, it was, it was perfect. And I think, you know, you could do it at your own pace and whatever works for you. And, and it's just, yeah, it's just great to have. So have you had you been to Calgary before you committed to moving here or were you just like, that's where the team is based. I'm going to UFC and pull the trigger and, and rolled up here. Um, I've definitely been out to Calgary a couple times. Um, I think, you know, even back when I was 12 or 13 years old, I would come up for, they used to have a summer speed camp and that was always super exciting because we'd come to the Olympic oval. It was this huge, awesome arena get to see the national team train. I remember always trying to get signatures of the athletes on a t-shirt that we get for the camp. Um, and so it was always kind of in the back of my head. I was, I was always really curious and interested on, on going, you know, coming out here and, uh, and then, yeah, making the move, it, it just seemed like the natural, you know, course of event. Did in Winnipeg, do you train, is the oval outdoors there? Yeah, it's outdoors. So that's Ooh, cold in winter peg. Yeah. Winter peg, no kidding. I mean, it's funny because um, you know you skate outside for so many years and you get pretty used to it, and then you come to Calgary, and then you know it doesn't take very long, and then I'm suddenly you know a bit of a wimp when we go back outdoors. <laughs> so I'm so used to I'm so used to it, but I definitely still have that you know that resilience in me. So actually this past year when, when COVID shut things down, we did a lot of outdoor skating. And so, um, you know, getting back to my roots a bit with the outdoor ice was, was pretty cool. Yeah. I guess I had some questions, but we might as well just flow right into this. But, um, I saw a lot of, were you in the pictures of the guys out on uh, was it Gap Lake? Were you doing yeah. your skating out there and you guys were just, did you make a yeah. little cohort and just decide to do together Were you coached or what was going on for that? Yeah, so there was a time in I guess November December period where the yeah the oval had actually shut down back in September due to a mechanical failure. So it wasn't actually a COVID related thing that kept us from skating. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd done a lot of short track on and off, but at the time that was also not an option for us just with restrictions. So we once the ice you know on the lakes was was thick enough basically our coach went out and checked it out and we we decided to go out there just to to see how it was and so 
we did a couple, well, we did our first day. We just sort of went out there and checked it out. We brought our short track skates because we weren't, we weren't sure if we could use our clap skates just with the flatter blade and the uneven surface. We wasn't, we weren't sure if it was really going to work. Mm-hmm. So we actually did a couple of, you know, mock short track sessions out there. We put some blocks out and we did some relays. It was actually pretty cool. Um, but you know, some days were, were freezing. And so the video is awesome. And, and we had, we had a lot of good times out there, but behind the scenes, there was a lot of frozen hands and, and trying to tie skates and untie skates with, you know, barely being able to move your hands and multiple layers. And so, yeah, it was an experience for sure, but it was pretty cool. I mean, if anything, it looked great on social media because it's just the view of like you guys working your butts off, beautiful mountains in the background. And I definitely went to Gap Lake to go skating one day just because I was like, that looks so beautiful. <laughs> but the wind coming down from there because you're right in that valley, it's just, it was cold. Yeah, there was a lot of wind. But yeah, you're totally right. It was beautiful. I mean, honestly, that's a really positive takeaway from this whole past year was I never would have done something like that that way. I've certainly, I've been out to, to Two Jack Lake on, you know, hockey skates just for fun, but I've never speed skated out on a lake on natural ice. And that's, that's really cool because it's actually the roots of the sport is, yeah. is, you know, speed skating on natural ice. So that was really cool. Legendary. That's, Sounds like we should yeah. have like an outdoor classic, like with hockey on Lake Louise or something like Calgary Ooh. should host a, or a Lake speed Louise skate, speed skating event. That yeah. That's what so I'm saying. Wow. It'd be like a multi-sport ice event. That'd be really cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, okay. So talk a little bit about COVID. How did that, I mean, obviously, um, we know the oval needs some work and if we would have gotten the Olympics here in Calgary, the oval will get the work it needs to be done. And it's such a crucial facility. And it's why Canada has had so much success in, in speed skating over the years. Um, and it's, I mean, I was in there today and the ice is back in thankfully, but man, like, uh, but how did COVID change your training? So initially, um, just like everyone else, everything kind of shut down really, really fast, right? So we were actually gearing up for our final competition of the year, um, which is called Oval Finale. So my, you know, my friends from Norway were here. We had, you know, people internationally that were ready to race. Um, and suddenly we couldn't race. And suddenly we, everyone had to leave and, and go home and, and, and shut it down. So it, it was just, we basically just missed the, the last competition of the year and then it shut down. So the first month and a half of, of COVID was actually our off season. Mm-hmm. So a bit, of, a bit of good timing for our sport anyway. Um, when things got going again in May, um, we basically were just training solo for the first few months. Um, I actually have, I still have a couple four liter milk jugs filled with rocks and water on my balcony where I was doing some split squats, um, borrowed a weight vest. We actually, some of us built slide boards. I don't know if you guys have seen that at the Oval. We, we kind of imitate the, the, the straightaway skating. Mm-hmm. And so I built the slide boards in front of my mirror. And so we were doing lots of stuff at home and sort of making it work. And it was, you know, it was definitely tough, but it was, it was kind of cool, at least initially. And then um, we did actually get the ice back into the oval in the summer, just as we normally do. We usually get back on in June and that was great. We had a couple months of skating. Um, we, you know, we skated with our masks on and that was a bit of an adjustment, but um, we got that, you know, we got through the summer. Okay. And then mm-hmm. September rolled around and the ice, yeah, the chillers failed. And so they had to pull the ice right away. And, and so 
at that point, it was kind of a lot of things hit us at once. So the ice was pulled at the Oval. And then shortly after, we found out that the fall World Cup season had been canceled. You know, basically international travel was not happening. And uh, we didn't think that anything would happen until January. So we were really kind of, you know, putting our eyesight towards January because that's when our we usually have our second round of, of trials for World Championships and the World Cups in the, in the winter. Um, so, yeah, we... We did a lot of short track. So our, our group specifically, uh, the middle distance, long distance group, we did a lot of short track speed skating um, and hockey rinks. We went up to Windsport a lot and uh, we went to the, the Flame Center a couple times too. And that was good. I, I My background is in short track initially coming from Winnipeg. You know, we pretty much everyone skated short track. And then there was a couple months of long track when it was you know cold enough to skate outside. And so that was really good. I think I, you know, I really improved on short track. We, we did go to um, Fort St. John for a training camp and they actually have an indoor oval there. They're currently the only other working indoor oval in Canada until I think end of August and Quebec gets theirs, which is really exciting. And so, yeah, our whole team packed up, uh, all the Quebec team as well. The whole national team flew up to um, Fort St. John and we had a couple weeks of training camp there. And that was awesome. It was really nice to get back on ice and uh, we got back and then everything shut down again. And so um, it was a bit of a roller coaster, honestly, but I think that was like that for everyone. So, you know, we were just really happy to have what we had. And uh, yeah, at that point they formed or they were talking about forming a bubble in the Netherlands for world championships. And uh, that did end up going forward. Um, Unfortunately, because there was no trials event, uh, I wasn't able to to try and make the team. So they they'd taken results from a few years prior, um, which was you know it made sense, but it was certainly tough. Um, just having no opportunity to to try and make the team, but yeah. So the everyone that stayed, we actually did a lot of outdoor racing. We went up to Red Deer. Um, we went up there three times a week in January and February. So we were doing three hour round trip drives for one training session in the morning and, and uh, skate outside, got back into the outdoor groove of things. And we did some unofficial races, which was nice. And I think that really helped, helped me kind of stay focused and, and, you know, have shorter term goals to look forward to. Um, that was kind of our year. We, we finished up with a big endurance block and we had our kind of usual April off and then got right back into it. So Yeah. It was, a, it was a whirlwind year. It kind of went by in a blur, but I think, you know, despite all the problems, there was a lot of positives to take out of that too. So, yeah, no, that's great. It sounds like really back to your roots, the thinking of skating, it gets pretty cold up in Red Deer as well. Um, maybe not as humid as, as Winnipeg, but uh, you kind of went full circle in lockdown, and we can attest to that it was a roller coaster. Um, traveling, yeah. quarantine, all this stuff, it was just felt like yeah the roller coaster and right now I'm like waiting for the next one I'm like when's the next drop <laughs> yeah, I hear that and I'm very sorry to hear that you didn't get an opportunity to compete overseas this year and and I know like it doesn't leave you feeling very confident going into an Olympic cycle where where you get that international competition but I'm glad to hear you still got some competitions and you were able to stay focused so good for you thanks um, yeah it helped to have that yeah 
Um, so what does, like, what, what has your career looked like so far? You were on the national development team and then how, you've been on the national team for a couple of years now. And what events do you specialize in? Yeah, so I'm, I actually am currently still national development team. Um, we, uh, we all just sort of train as one group though. Like there's not really a difference. Um, so my, my career, I guess I sort of was a bit of a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Um, having gone to, you know, university the whole time, I, I was fairly busy with other things. Um, and basically when I'd finished school was when I really started to take off with skating. Um, so a year and a half after I graduated uh, in 2017, I made my first world championships. So it was actually my first international competition was world championships. So I kind of just like jumped right up there. And <laughs> wow. it, it, it was, it was actually, a, you know, it was a bit of a legendary race and my teammates, you know, we talk about it sometimes. It was, it was an unexpected turn of events in the mass start uh, event, which is a newer event in long track speed skating, like a, that pack racing with the intermediate sprints. Um, I had a, I had some health issues that season where I wasn't really training and doing much in the fall. And so I kind of came back and I was just sort of racing every time I could and not really focusing on anything coming up particularly, just trying to get back into shape. And just, you know, I just made a decision to go for it in the race and kind of skate away from the group. And I certainly wasn't the strongest or the fittest. And, you know, they just sort of let me go and, and I ended up winning the race and they'd kind of waited too long. And so that was, you know, it was a turning point in my career, having, being able to go and, and win that event. And uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I came back from that event overseas in, in Germany and a, a new skater, you know, everything sort of just fell into place at that point. And I, and it was, it was pretty awesome. Oh my gosh. Did you say that was, uh, so that was mass start, what, and this is world championships and you just showed up and won. Yeah. That, huh. Yeah. This is incredible story. Yeah, so I, 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 I didn't, yeah, sorry. I, I won the, the trials event for, oh. for world championships. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah so it was really cool. <laughs> I can't imagine a first international race being of that caliber. So yeah. emotionally, like I'm like, I know, good for yeah. you. <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was a roller coaster, but it was amazing. And, and yeah, it was certainly the, the best part of my career so far was, was that moment and, and going on for the first time on the world stage. And, you know, my parents came out and flew out to watch and that was just amazing. And, and, where uh, in Germany was it? It was in Insel. And so it's a, it's a small town kind of in the, the Southeastern part of the country in the mountains. So it's, it's a beautiful spot. Cool. What a great story it is. Um, what's your favorite accomplishment that you have so far? My favorite accomplishment? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, honestly, going to that world championships was probably one of my favorite accomplishments. Um, that being said last, or I guess two years ago in 2020, I won my first international medal. And so I came still, so I came second in the 1500 at the, uh, four continent championships, nice. which is kind of like our version of European championships. Okay. And so, yeah, it's not quite at the, maybe not quite at the, the same caliber as as world cups world championships but you know there was it was a really strong field so it was really cool to be to be able to do that and to uh kind of show that you know i deserve to be there and kind of start to progress in the world scene you know awesome um i saw i was creeping your instagram and i saw that you were a face athlete the petro grant 
I was. Yeah. yeah. What did that mean to you and how did that help your training? So that was actually the year that was, I believe that was the first year that I was invited to train with the national team. So it was actually huge mm-hmm. um, because um, I wasn't yet carded, but I was training with the national team with hopes to, to making that cut. And so the expectation was that I was still doing the same volume of training, the same training camps and whatnot, but I had to kind of make that happen on my own. And so it was, it was, it was huge. It was honestly career changing because I was able to, to train the way I needed to, to work less, to go on these training camps. And then I ended up qualifying for my first international competition. So yeah, it was, it was incredibly helpful and important. Yeah. Shout out to Petro Canada on that face. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, and I know it's highly competitive as well. So congratulations. They get quite a lot of applicants from all across Canada and they, they have to select, they have to choose and, mm-hmm. you know, it's funding in sport in Canada is pretty cutthroat. There's, <laughs> there's someone else that needs it if sport organizations aren't using it or, yeah. or, you know, as sports expand, you know, looking at other sports like skateboarding and surfing coming in, it's like, okay, those athletes need funding too. So yeah, certainly an interesting conversation. Um, so you're leading up into Beijing. What, what does the training blocks look like right now? And, you know, when do you guys get going kind of starting your team selections for Beijing? So we just actually finished a, um, a block of altitude. So we, we went up to Highwood Pass. Some of the team went to Jasper. And we did a whole bunch of volume uh, cycling at altitude. Um, so we just finished that. We're, we're just coming off a rest week. And now we're starting to move into a bit more intensity. Um, can I, can I just stop you there? What does what like, a lot of volume look like? Like how far are like, you what is volume? <laughs> I don't do volume, so I like just try sure. to paint the picture for me. <laughs> well, so we weren't we we weren't doing a lot of skating. We would kind of we were we were going up to altitude for four days, and then we we're coming back to Calgary for three to skate. And so we we're doing that back and forth. And during those four days, we were doing two times a day. We were on the bike for two to three hours at a time, Ugh. and it it was a little bit. It was actually even longer for some of the longer distance guys. So as a middle distance skater, I, I do have a little bit less than those guys. Mm-hmm. And then when we're on ice, we're doing lots of laps. And so like less speed, just more, you know, just technical volume on the ice. And then, um, yeah, so we always get that stuff in at the first half of the summer. And we, we do keep that going throughout the rest of the summer. And we start to add intensity, lower the volume a bit. And then kind of September on, we start getting into the race focused stuff. Yeah. Very similar to, to, to all of the winter sports. I think it's like you kind of go through all these you know, like, but the only difference is in my sport or our sport, I should say, we don't do volume at the beginning. We do hypertrophy. We try and get bigger. Yeah. <laughs> volume is we get 60, 60 meter sprints. Yeah. We do most. 60 meters instead of 30 meters. So when we ask what's volume, yeah. um, being on a bike for hours is crazy. It's just mind blowing to us. Um, but that's great. It sounds again, the mountains in Calgary have lended many wonderful locations for your training in the last year. <laughs> For sure. Ah, no kidding. Um, okay, so transitioning into kid sport, you are now a kid sport ambassador. You're joining our awesome, legendary crew. Um, welcome to the team. What chose you to uh, get involved? Well, so I've I've always tried to be involved in the community. You know, since I moved out here, mm-hmm. um, I did um, a couple of the well, so those summer camps that I used to come out as a kid. I actually uh, coached a couple of them in my first few years out here and 
And most of the time I've been in Calgary, I've actually been involved at the velodrome here um, and with their track cycling programs. So both the CSI's cycling program and with the velodromes. And so I've really enjoyed my time working in sports with kids and, and, you know, I've seen firsthand the impact that it has on kids. And I know the impact that it's had on me to shape my life. And so in the past year, I've, I was looking for, you know, something else, something new to get involved in. And honestly, it, it caught my eye right away. And it just so happened that at the start of lockdown, my, uh, one of my teammates, Tyson, uh, Tyson Langlar, he's actually, he had just become a, an ambassador in Manitoba. Um, and so he had told me a bit about it too. And I, and it sounded really interesting. And so I reached out and I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy they brought me on and I'm really looking forward to, to being involved, especially as kids start getting back into, get back into sport. Right. And, and I guess too, just like the mission of providing those opportunities and making sure equipment is, is available and, you know, it's just so important. And I think it's often overlooked and I think, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without that opportunity. And I hope that, you know, everyone else can have that opportunity as well. You're going to fit right in with the ambassador crew. This is where we're, all of our heads are at. And I will say that the events we get to go to, to raise some of the funds for kids sport and, and the bank and the sports bank are also a lot of fun. <laughs> and, uh, you've been, you've been inducted into the WhatsApp group chat, which is, um, yeah. in itself a part of the initiation process, but, uh, <laughs> Brian Burke's targets for kids is also, I feel like maybe unofficially a part of, yeah, um, everybody's number one. So when we ask ambassadors, um, generally we ask them what their favorite event is. And so far, I think that's the one that's one. We go out way South of the, not way South, but like DeWitten and, uh, and what is it called? When the, then the thing comes out and then you shoot the clay. I don't know what it's called. Skeet shooting. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to actually having you in person and, and making an impact as a team. Yeah. Lots of opportunities. And, and like we had, like, like all of us, we had to kind of shift our perspective during COVID and, uh, the Eric Francis pizza pig out last year. Uh, some of the ambassadors, I don't know if, did you, I, I, well, there was a couple of us that did, um, instead of having a pizza pig out at Cowboys casino, um, where people paid money and got to come in and try a bunch of pizza. We actually used like some of the the sponsors some of the pizza places just donated pizza to kids sport families so as ambassadors we got to go drop them off and deliver them and just see the oh, smile cool. on their faces when the kids were getting pizza parties on a friday night they were fired up and that alone in itself is just so rewarding and and uh it's it's definitely is different than what we're used to as as ambassadors and trying to go to every event that we can while we're in town obviously we have the same season so we don't quite get to go to everything but we do have some summer athletes. They pick up. They pick up the winter. They, they pick up the slack. Slack, and then we come yeah. in hot all summer and yeah. you know, go to some golf tournaments and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. That those are some of the the pizza pig out in the wing off. Or as my last last thing I did, I think before lockdown, was we were at the wing off like yep. the week before. Yeah. So another great one. Hope you like pizza and wings. Yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> With all those hours on a bike, I, I you, need, you need to refuel. <laughs> I know. I'm like, he probably gets to eat a lot more food than I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Awesome. That's yeah. all I got. Thank you for joining us. And yeah. We're going to be hanging out hopefully a lot more in the next, in the next couple years with kids sports. So welcome to the team. 
Right on. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Jess, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Face First podcast. 